Let us pray. Loving God, you have come to us in Jesus Christ. So now we come to you to offer our worship, to hear your word, and to reflect on your love. Help us to hear the story of Christmas speaking to us as though it was our first time. May familiar and well-loved words take on new meaning so that we may share the joy of Mary, the excitement felt by the shepherds, and the wonder experienced by the wise men. May what was news of great joy for them bring joy likewise to us, this and every day. And if we are here this evening with heavy, grieving, and pain-filled hearts, may you bring your peace and wrap us in your arms of love. May we make room in our hearts for Jesus today and every day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good evening and Merry Christmas on this most special holy night. The choir had been practicing for hours and the singers were tired, but the conductor kept them at it. This was the most amazing music they were ever going to sing and they were only going to get one chance at it. It had to be right first. And finally, they were there. One last run through and it was perfect. But then one of the singers asked a very good question. Why do we only get to sing this once? This is fantastic music. Wouldn't it be better if we could give several performances in different places to different audiences? No, replied the conductor. This music is for a very special occasion. It's only to be sung once, at least only once by you. And once you've done that, the people who've heard it will have to learn to sing it for themselves. The conductor was God himself, the singers were the angels, the audience were the shepherds, and through them everyone heard about it. And this special occasion is this holy night, the birth of God's own son. What did the angel's song in Luke chapter 2 mean to the shepherds out in the dark hills of Judea? And what might it mean for us tonight listening in? And what might it sound like if we learned to sing it ourselves. Before the heavenly choir even begins to sing, the principal angel has something to say to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 verses 10 through 12. Here is good news, the news which doesn't hit the papers because it isn't gossip column stuff, but real, solid, build your life on it reality. To you is born this day the Savior, the one who is the Messiah, Lord and King. And let's be clear, either that is the most solid truth in the world or we are wasting our time here this evening. And Richard Dawkins, who thinks that God doesn't exist and that faith is a delusion, is right and we ought to go home and forget this whole thing. However, if it's true that the child born in Bethlehem that night was and is the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, the King then that must translate into something far more solid and life-changing and community-rescuing than simply a warm, sentimental inner glow and a good feeling. The Bethlehem shepherds were near the bottom of the social and financial pile. And for them, the thought of a new king who would rescue Israel from her misery and establish his reign of justice and peace on the earth was indeed, as the angel said, 
good news of great joy. But how was that to work itself out? As we read on in Luke's gospel, we find that the grown-up Jesus wasn't the sort of king who rides into town and kills off all his enemies and establishes a dictatorship where everyone simply gets told what to do. He spoke of his kingdom coming like seeds growing secretly, like a shepherd going to look for the lost sheep, like the vineyard owner letting out the vineyard to tenant farmers and coming back to collect the fruit. The kingdom was indeed coming, and it didn't look like people thought it would. Yet Luke, in telling this story of the shepherds, clearly believes that it is indeed good news, good news for the entire world in which emperors think that they run the show, but in fact, God actually runs it. And we who worship this Jesus on this holy night, we who listen again to the song which the angels sing once and only once, we who begin to glimpse the reality that in Jesus, heaven and earth really did come together, so now have the responsibility to learn to sing the song for ourselves and so to, to discover what it might look like in practice for Jesus really to be the Savior, the King, the Lord in our lives and in this sad and hurting world in which we live. The Christmas message is about the reality of God becoming flesh. It's what we call the incarnation. And this God in the flesh is indeed the Lord of the world, defeating his enemies through his death and rising to rule and rescue the whole creation. We cannot stress this too strongly, that Jesus is not simply Lord in a distant heaven on the one hand and Lord in our private hearts and lives on the other, leaving the real public world untouched. If he is not Lord and King of all, he is not Lord and King at all. You might be thinking, all of this sounds lovely, theoretically, but what does this have to do with my life realistically? Now, I'm so glad you asked that question. For Luke, it's quite clear the angels meant what they said, but the way to that meaning is through Jesus' followers picking up the threads of his own public life and living as kingdom people under his direction living under his rule and his reign, bringing his saving rule to bear in acts of love and mercy, and working for justice and truth wherever it is needed, through you, through me, through the community of faith called the church. The key to it all is found in that angelic song in verse 14. Glory to God in heaven and peace among his people on earth. And these are not two different things. The whole point of Christmas is that in Jesus, born in Bethlehem, heaven and earth have come together. They've kissed. So that giving glory to God in the highest heaven is directly linked to working for peace and justice at its best here on this earth. I think we would all agree that we need justice and truth, right? And it's time to start all over again as Christmas people to think what it might look like if this Jesus really is the Lord and King and Savior of the world. And if he who worship him are to work for his kingdom here and now among the poor, hurting, broken, immigrants, trafficking, devastated, disabled, taken advantage of, 
homeless, grieving, broken, frustrated, depressed, and all those on the edge of hopelessness, the least, the lost, the left out. Let's put it bluntly. We can't assume that our present institutions and political parties are working properly. And just in case we didn't notice, they don't. We need someone who will slice through the tired old systems of this world and bring rescue, salvation with skin on it to those who badly need it. We need to listen attentively to the angel's song and learn how to sing it ourselves. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. What the world needs is the strong, steady sound of those who love Jesus and celebrate his birthday, singing his praises as Savior, Messiah, Lord, and King. And letting that praise inform and transform our lives. How is that working for us? Are we allowing him, his presence, this praise that we offer, the word that we read, his word, inspired word, the preaching of his word? Do we allow him to come and to transform our lives, making us more like himself? This is what Christmas is all about. People today are asking whether Jesus is truly real and actually present. But the answer must be, Luke's answer must be, the angel's answer must be, our answer must be, that you will see him at work when those who praise him and celebrate his birth go off to make his praise echo around the homeless shelters and the prisons, the asylum camps and the hospitals, the government departments and local schools, the homes where tragedy has struck, the hearts that are broken with grief and countries torn apart by both sides of the aisle with political strife. And by the way, just in case you didn't make this connection, I'm talking about America who's torn apart politically at the moment. And to add Matthew's gospel this evening, if you want to see Jesus, learn to look at him in the faces of those in need, those in tears and those with fears, those in the hospital, those in prison, those on the streets, those in nursing homes, our next-door neighbor, our co-worker, and fellow students. Let us praise this Jesus tonight from a full and glad heart. Let us celebrate this birth with everything that we've got. And then let us go and bring God's glory in heaven by bringing peace and justice to his people on earth. I just really want to make this simple. Maybe, I, I'm not really into being a reductionist or to reducing it down to the very um, lowest common denominator. But if we want to know how to live and to reflect the very image of Jesus Christ, it takes every bit of him to transform our lives. And that happens by being in his presence. Do you know what the key, of be, the key in being a public speaker is? Now, I'm not saying I'm that person. I'm just going to be real clear. But what I'm trying to do is this. If, you want, if we fill our lives with the very subject of the person that we're going to get up and talk about, it's a lot easier. And if we want people to see Jesus in our lives, then we must fill ourselves with him. The angels sing their song. They did a good job. 
It's time we learn to sing it back to them and to the world. And by the way, it's the, one of the very things that's in, it's, it's an integral part to the Gloria that in the very beginning of every Mass, well, if it's not Lent and, and sometimes in Advent, we take out the Gloria and we wait till Christmas and Easter, of course. But it's part of the Gloria. Glory to God in the highest heaven and earth peace to those in whom His favor rests. In closing, listen to the words from our reading from Titus. And I'm going to pull Titus 2 and Titus 3, not, not the whole chapters, but a few of the verses from the earlier Mass and this Mass. And I want you to hear this. It's a clear expression of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen to these words. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. And while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a good excuse me, a people that are, are his very own, eager to do what is good. And then, looking at the passage this evening, um, this service. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. Not because of righteous things that we have done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal of, by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. I think Titus did a pretty good job. What do you think? Made it very clear for all of us. God was born in our world to be like us, to save us from ourselves. To save us from living for ourselves, which is really what sin is all about. Living in ways outside of his kingdom will and ways and purposes in life. In order to follow him in his ways, to see heaven, his kingdom, coming to earth, to make all things new. That's his purpose. That's his desire. That's what he is doing now and what he will complete when he returns again. Surrender today. Yield yourself to King Jesus. Ask him to forgive you of your sins, to be your Lord, your Savior, and your King. This is the kindness and love of God revealed. This is what Christmas is all about. The gospel. His salvation. His will being done on earth now like it is in heaven. And if you drifted away, maybe a prodigal, remember this fact. He's on the porch looking for you. And when he sees you coming at a distance, he will run to you. He'll wrap his arms around you. He'll cry with joy. And he'll kiss you. Come home. Welcome home. Dear people of God, here we are on this Christmas Eve. This is the moment. The presents are probably mostly wrapped. The cards are sent. The meat is in the oven, or it soon will be in a few hours. The stillness of the night descends upon us in this church. This is the time to hear the message of the angels. That God has come to dwell with us in order to offer salvation to all people. Do not neglect to look and to be transformed by this child. Jesus, who is the Savior, Messiah, Lord, 
and king. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in him tonight. Let us be like Mary. Let us ponder all of these things in our hearts. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.